Hi, and welcome to Trash Talk. This is your host, Recycle Michael, here for our 10th episode uh, today with two guests from the Sweep Standard, Will Zura and Sam Yeoman. Uh, so Sam, after graduating from the University of Pittsburgh with a degree in journalism, worked for over 10 years in digital media and purpose-driven marketing as a copywriter. A few years ago, Sam heard the call of the green and dove headfirst into sustainability to pursue opportunities centered around helping people and the planet. He earned both his Lead Green Associate and Lead AP, BD plus C certifications, and has a Master of Science in Sustainability from Columbia University. He is currently a Program Associate and Director of Marketing at Sweep Standard. And Will is the Program Manager at Sweep Standard. He began as an intern with the organization after graduating from Wake Forest University, where he majored in economics and environmental studies. Wearing many hats, Will has helped with all aspects of the creation of the sweep standard and the development of the organization as a whole. Will's main projects as of late include creating and developing sweeps online certification forms and working with pilot participants towards achieving their certifications. Will is currently enrolled in Columbia's master's program in sustainability management while working for sweep. So thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for having us. So um, I got to start with what is the sweep standard and how did this get its start? Yeah, sure. Um, sweep, uh, which stands for Solid Waste Environmental Excellence Performance, uh, is a nonprofit startup uh, developing a market transformation, environmental leadership and sustainability performance standard for the solid waste and materials management industry. Um, you know, for how the idea for Sweep came about, uh, the story goes that Sweep's fearless leader, Rob Watson, uh, who is a founding member of the LEED Green Building Rating System, uh, was having a conversation with a friend uh, one day who was at the time working on uh, industry-changing technology uh, related to materials management. Uh, and in that moment, in that conversation, uh, Rob realized there was a, a dire need and an immense opportunity um, for creating a market transformation standard that you know would act as a 21st century approach for a very antiquated uh, and, and frankly broken waste management system we currently have and experience uh, in the U.S. Um, you know the unsurprising truth here is that there's a current structural incapacity within the materials management industry. Uh, and I think most, if not everyone can agree, it's been this way for far too long. Um, you know, Sweep seeks to standardize methods, practices, policies, calculations, programs within the waste management industry uh, to help drive lasting results that are accompanied or, or fortified by strong data. Uh, to help verify impacts and push the industry towards a, a more sustainable reality. Um, you know, Rob saw an opportunity to develop a standard that aims to weaken barriers towards the implementation of sustainable best practices um, with a standard that rewards and identifies leaders uh, within the waste management industry. Um, you know, having Rob, who is integral to the development of, you know, the renowned lead green build building rating system um, is just an incredible resource to have uh, for building out our own comprehensive sustainability performance standard uh, for waste and materials management. Um, you know, Rob has a unique experience of knowing um, all the trials and tribulations that happened during the development of LEED uh, and his input 
and direction is, is truly priceless. Um, you know, one major problem uh, that LEED had was that they had developed a green, a great green standard for the built environment, uh, but it did not include this aspect of market transformation, uh, which kind of led or leads to less adoption. Um, you know, adoption for LEED in its inception was somewhere around 30%, uh, and Sweep aims to blow that out of the water. Okay, so in a nutshell, you're telling me that Sweep is like LEED for trash. Absolutely. And, you know, that's really interesting. I see a lot of value in that and, and totally agree that, you know, there is a lot of fragmentation in the industry. And uh, my experience working with LEED was that uh, the waste management points were kind of too easy to get. You know, you could just take your material to a um, C&D MRF and they would just tell you, okay, you know, you got your 75% diversion before you even, you know, go through the, the first scale house, really. So Right. And there, there's so many with 50, you know, with you know, all the various states that are in the United States, we have, you know, a, a ton of people just fudging different metrics and different standards for and different definitions for various things within the waste management industry. Um, so the standard will hopefully, you know, um, you know, push everyone and have get everyone on the same page. I got to ask, where, where are you at now? This is a new program. It's been in development for how long? Uh, for the past six years. Um, yeah, it's really been six years since the, the start um, and its development. And uh, right now, Sweep is currently in uh, the pilot phase of the Sweep Plus standard, uh, which focuses on the top performing 25% of key players in the waste management industry. Uh, we currently have eight local governments uh, on board as pilot participants scattered you know, all across the country. Um, we really are striving for geographical um, you know, diversification um, so that we really understand the, the, the regionally specific problems um, across the U.S. Uh, related to waste management. Um, you know, we have pilot participants for local governments ranging from Keene, New Hampshire to Spokane, Washington, um, you know, a bunch in California, um, Lincoln, Nebraska, and, you know, we're, we're adding more each and every day. Uh, we also have two industry pilots participants so far, and with our recent industry participant being Mount Diablo Resource Recovery, uh, which is located in Northern California. Yeah, I know um, from doing events that uh, any plan is uh, definitely changed as soon as you put it into action. So it's a prudent approach you're taking, and I'm sure uh, a lot of lessons to be learned as as it gets developed. And I'm, I'm assuming you're in 1.0 and we'll be working on 2.0, et cetera, similar to lead. Absolutely. And I think the interesting thing of note is we had to go through four balloting processes just to get where Sweep is. So technically we're at version five, but really it's just the first pilot that we are going through. So the way to create this kind of nationally recognized standard was we uh, convened a consensus body called our National Consensus Committee, which was comprised of over 60 experts across the waste management industry. Um, and so with them, we essentially went through each credit, what made sense, what were tangible benchmarks, and some from really high profile people throughout the industry, uh, and helped us create the standard in the way that it is. 
But during that development process, we had to field answers and questions from outside parties. And of course, there's going to be differing opinions based on what you represent within the waste management industry. So I think one of the true testaments to how inclusive and how, uh, you know, tried sweep is at this stage is that we had to go through, you know, probably 20 some odd meetings of just conflict resolution, making sure, okay, what is going to make you not fall on your sword? Because if you disapprove and you have comments on it, um, it basically requires a whole nother balloting process of the standard. And so with this, we had to have over 20 meetings essentially saying, what's not going to prevent you from you know, making this go through, but also we're not going and we're not willing to greenwash the standard to acquiesce to anybody's demands. And so the really thorough conflict resolution and balloting process that was incorporated within Sweep uh, makes it just such a polished standard right as it's going into its pilot stage. So as I was saying, it is phase one in terms of the pilot, but it's really about phase five or version five of the standard itself. Gotcha. And, um, you know, our last podcast episode was on waste characterization. And I know that's an element of uh, the sweep standard and how you uh, perform those, those characterizations. I'm really looking forward to more standardization there so that, you know, these studies can be compared. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's a general consensus about, uh, you know, the size of samples being around 200 pounds, but there isn't really like a hard and fast methodology that's applied uh, industry-wide. And I think that's something that Sweep does very well is, you know, not only are we focusing on those waste characterization studies, but we want that put into policy at the local government, at the county level, and on, you know, for regular industry partners and their policy that they set forth that we do require that a waste characterization study be carried out by a local government um, once every five to seven years. And then we ask for a update to that waste characterization study uh, once every three years within that window. Um, so we're really trying to make this engraved within those local governments and in these ways of life that waste characterization studies are incredibly impactful and incredibly helpful and we need to make sure that they're up to date in order for us to better uh, combat the issues that we're finding. And, you know, we're not going to be able to solve it with wrong information. And so I think our real focus on making sure that that is happening on the policy level, but it, we're also wanting to see the results that come out of that uh, is really important. And then on the results that come out of that, we're putting together a task force of consulting firms of different parties that focus on these waste characterization studies and coming up with a you know unified and uh, standardized kind of method of carrying out these practices. So not only is it an upper hand for these consulting firms to get in on the ground floor because they may already be doing something, and if they have no say within the development of the standard, we may choose a completely different route than what they use, and they may be a little bit left behind. But by getting involved with Sweep in early stages, we're allowing consulting firms, we're allowing um, other uh, companies that perform these waste characterization studies to have a say in how we want to carry this out across the United States and that this is the system that we're looking for. This is the program that we want. This is how you will classify these materials. That will all be standardized so we can get a very um, you know, honest depiction of data within and where it's being generated and disposed of and what's making it up. Great. So hopefully our listeners that are consultants can... Uh 
participate and, and weigh in there. Um, I do see that being a challenge, though, with some waste studies that have uh, requirements that uh, are are unusual. Like, for example, the one that we were just recently working on included, uh, you know, a lot of subcategories, which may be compatible with with your uh, system, you know, adding even further detail. Absolutely. And so I think one way that Sweep can combat that and what we do is we do have a section of the standard called the innovation portion. And so the innovation portion basically rewards credits or rewards points uh, for those who are going above and beyond in certain aspects of what we're asking for. Um, one of the innovation credits, for instance, deals with uh, the recycling of biosolids, which we only have heard of in very, you know, it's not nationwide just yet, but it's clearly something that's on the forefront. And therefore, we don't want anybody to feel like, you know, we're going out of our way to try and make something better. We're trying to reduce the amount that's going to landfills. Therefore, we want you to have, you know, extra credit for doing so. So if we do come across something where there is, you know, requirements of an extra tedious waste characterization study that, you know, gets even more in depth than what we're already looking for, there's an opportunity for bonus points throughout Sweep because of that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I know, um, you know, some places do, um, you know, brand uh, information, you know, they look for different kind of categories like that. So that sounds like an innovation uh, or potential innovation. I do think that um, biosolids are an interesting one because they're not typically included in the municipal solid waste stream. And doing some of the waste characterization studies I've done uh, I ended up at a lot of waste uh, water treatment plants and, you know, checking out the biosolids recycling methods and, and how that all worked was, was super fascinating. Uh, in California, we see um, you know, a lot of different approaches to that. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's mixed with auto shredder fluff and, and considered ADC, which, you know, I don't consider recycling uh, when it's mixed in landfill as cover. But um you know, that, that's an interesting uh, uh, add-on or, or like element of your program that I think is pretty neat. Exactly. And that's what we really want this, you know, full participation to be involved because we're not going to be able to reward and identify if we don't know what's fully out there. And so that's where the committee participation really builds sweep up and creates this robust kind of background is because we're getting input from all these different places. And, you know, we love working with California because California is pretty above and beyond when it comes to recycling. But as a nationwide standard, we got to focus on other places as well. And so, you know, what's happening in California is drastically different than what's maybe happening in the middle of the United States. And so the haulers aren't held to nearly as rigorous standards as we see in California. The reporting's not as good. And if nobody's really incentivized to do anything, things are going to remain the same. And so, you know, we're finding these levers in these areas that aren't as forward as California. And that's what really makes Sweep uh, as complete as it can be. And it's because we are just bringing in all these different voices from across the United States. So, how does uh, California set the bar then? Is that what's happening or is it, um, you know, they're exceeding your standard in a lot of ways, especially with SB uh, 1383 and the uh, more frequent requirements for municipalities to do waste characterization, et cetera. So they're definitely, also, sit oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking that uh, we've also changed away from the counties reporting the, um, 
material tonnages to the uh, state with power recycle to a new system where every uh, entity that touches materials, basically from haulers to processors and, and recyclers, all having to report directly to the state. So yes. Things have changed quite a bit. And so that's going to make our job a lot easier as a certifying entity. And that's where California comes into play. It's just this data availability and data that is, you know, they are tracking throughout the system. And part of getting sweep certified and verified is how much data can you provide? When we work with a local government in a particular area, we then work with them to identify, okay, who's hauling what waste streams? Is it residential? Is it commercial? what materials are in that waste stream, what is it classified as, then it is, you know, who are the companies that are providing hauling? And then is it residential? Is it collection? Uh, what is the fuel being used in the trucks? Is Are they using route optimization software? And then we also have a large aspect into safety and training within Sweep, uh, which we'll see in most every performance category that we have. Um, and so since California does really, you know, they've been shifting towards uh, alternative fueled vehicles for collection practices. Um, they've been requiring local governments to set more stringent policy. Uh, that is where we're seeing the upper hand and where we, you know, verify and certify places in the middle of the United States or Southeast in particular. It is we need to find a lot more of that data. So it's just a slower process in terms of the certification because we need to track it down. We need to work with each individual facility that handles waste within that area or jurisdiction. And then we need to provide that data. So that's why we're, you know, California is truly a gold standard for people who we work with. And that's just based on the data availability that you currently have. Right. And, and we'll see that, you know, in the Suite Plus pilot rollout, you know, we are targeting the top top 25 percent, you know, quartile of the industry. And you're going to see a lot of those entities are local governments in California just for that reason. Uh, they are already fulfilling, um, you know, a lot of the credits that we ask for. Um, so not only does it make it our life easier, it makes their life easier um, and it makes them that much easier to certify with us. And that's the value of this third party certification, because you may say, oh, we're in California, we're already reporting this stuff and we're already doing a great job. So what does Sweep really, you know, give me in going out of my way to change anything that I'm doing? And A, we're making our data and uploads very similar to kind of what's being asked for. So it's not that strenuous of a process. But this third party verification is truly showing that you're having a third party look at your numbers, understand where the data is coming from, where it's going based on these requirements that have been set forth by industry leaders. And we really give you that stamp of approval and give people confidence to be working with that company or local government and knowing that waste and materials within that service area or jurisdiction are being properly handled. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting proper documentation on how many tons are going to a landfill, how many are going to a waste to energy facility. Um, you know, we want this whole picture. And so with that, the third party certification will back it up and guarantee it essentially and make uh, local governments and industry partners ideally, um, you know, more attractive for either people looking to work there. There's a trend in which cities and local governments that are talking, walking the talk and being green are seeing population growth at this stage. Um, but on top of that, you know, Sweep is providing just this full coverage and satisfaction and guarantee 
that waste is going where it's supposed to be going and that you're using the best practices to hopefully reduce that in the near future. Nice. I love it. So you're covering not only, um, well, I guess you're getting points in different categories, like uh, your diversion, the what the uh, purity or, or quality of your materials. Is that one? Yep. So it's more of contamination rates within material recovery facilities, bail output, um, vehicles being used at those material recovery facilities. And as you can see, all this is reinforced by the policy and the education programs that we focus heavily on based on the zero waste hierarchy uh, implemented by EPA, which is that those are the most impactful. And we really want those to kind of bleed through the system so that everybody should benefit and prosper from having these put into place at a high level. Great. So how do you account for the uh, outreach education? Do you look at budgets or compare it to you know, how much they're generating or how, how do you uh, so assess for, the quality of outreach? So for outreach and education, we have it kind of on a broad base of you must have outreach to 90% of, you know, customers or people within your jurisdiction. Uh, and we base that off of, you know, what tools are you using? What are the means that you're using to get out there? How often are they put out there? So are you doing email blasts? And is that weekly, biweekly? Um, you know, who is your list with that? What number of the actual population gets these emails? And then kind of being able to create a calculator off of that to determine it. Great. I know that can be hard to assess, but um, you know, these days with big data and everything, we don't have to rely so much on um, uh, Nielsen ratings thing or anything yeah. like that. We can actually look at, uh, you know, emails read and, and things like that. I don't know if Every waste management company is really doing a lot of that, but which is why we're making waste. that's why we're incentivizing it. That's why we want to give you points to make sure that you are informing your customers of what can go in the waste stream. You know, are there programs of places that you can, you know, drop off goods and other kind of reuse and reduction practices and making sure that the industry partners are accountable for that as well. And it shouldn't just be on the local government. We should be coming at them at customers from both sides. And ideally with more information, better access to information, we're going to see a reduction in contamination and ideally a reduction in the overall tons that are going to the landfill. Yeah, I was just thinking that. So you can compare uh, different customers or, or uh, sweep members and their outreach efforts and their contamination rates and see if they track. Absolutely. And that's something that our backend platform that we are building out with Retrack Connect, uh, which has a pretty well-known and widely used uh, municipal measurement tracking program uh, carried out throughout the United States, which focuses heavily on curbside residential data uh, at this point. So this was really an excellent uh, joining of forces to work with an already established company in creating these online certification forms. Uh, throughout the United States, knowing what works with local governments, what works with industry partners, and then being able to use their expertise, hard code it over to the sweep standard. And now the whole goal of this is to make it as easy as possible for whoever you may be uh, to certify as an entity. Because sometimes we deal with completely horizontal, horizontally integrated companies, and then we also deal with standalone facilities. Uh, and so because of that, we need to make sure that we are uh, accommodating the standard to meet all those needs. Nice. So maybe you could do a quick rundown of the basic categories that you can get points in. 
Absolutely. Um, so Sweep, as I was saying, incentivizes policy quite heavily at this stage. And so Sweep is made up of two reinforcing standards. One is for local governments and the other is for industry participants. So if you are a local government certifier, we are paying attention to every single hauler that is operating within your jurisdiction, every single drop-off location, every single um, you know truck that's within that fleet. We want to know all of it. We want to give you a standardized score for that in particular. But if you're an industry certifier, we're only looking at that industry certifier's operations, and that's what they're certified on. So after saying that, we have the Sustainable Materials Management Policy section of the standard, or SMMP, focuses on policy. And in that case, we're looking for intent. Um, really, at this stage, we want to see pieces of paper that say, we aim to do this, this, and this, and we pledge to do this. And that is, you know, that will satisfy to sweep at this stage. Um, with this, uh, there's 21 points allowed for the SMMP section. It's heavily weighted at this stage of sweeps implementation and outreach. Um, as sweep moves forward and in a few years, our goal is to take points away from that policy section and put it towards the material recovery section. Because as of right now, we think that getting, you know, paper in place, policy in place, that's going to be the real catalyst. And so that's why we heavily incentivize it at this stage. The policy section is considered non-reciprocal. So sweep tries to work on reciprocity. Whereas if a local government utilizes the services of a sweep certified hauler, they would automatically get the credits that that hauler was using. So therefore, there is a leg up for these industry providers to be getting sweep because in the request for proposal process, um, we're already seeing sweep be written into certain requests for proposals in California, essentially saying that this hauler, if they got this contract, would become sweep certified within three to five years. Um, so we are kind of seeing that local governments can leverage sweep and then industry partners can utilize sweep to gain new business, get new contracts, um, and make sure that the local government can be, um, you know, sound and assured that what they're doing is proper management. Um, so the SMMP policy, as I was saying, it is non-reciprocal. So it needs to be carried out by both the local government and the industry partner. So this is the high level policy. So if you were a large waste management company, this occurs at your headquarter level. It's being set for the entire business units down below. Uh, but we do also have a business unit option of suite where just a business unit could certify. Then we have the waste generation and prevention categories of sweep, which is a total of 18 points. Within this section, we focus on waste characterization studies and waste audits, education programs on recycling, uh, reuse and um, contamination. And then we focus on employee training for staff and other um, uh, constituents within a local government. Then we move to the solid waste collection portion of sweep. And this one is also 18 points. And most of the credits within the solid waste collection portion are reciprocal. So a local government would get points by using a sweep certified hauler uh, in this instance. And so what we look at when we're looking at this section is, you know, route optimization, what fuels are being used in your uh, fleet? Are you, you know, using proper tracking of idle time? Um, are you providing thorough education for employees? You know, waste management is the sixth most dangerous industry within the United States. 
And therefore, we have a very heavy emphasis on the importance of safety within this. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters was one of the founding members of Sweep and helped us develop the standard at an early stage uh, because we really did want this importance and aspect on the whole safety uh, side of the waste management industry. That's then you so move- important. And, and thank you for mentioning that. I, I feel like it's not really commonly understood that like we have a much more dangerous job than say police officers. Absolutely. And all education can do is hopefully make things run more efficiently. And with sweep, the goal is to, you know, make tangible benchmarks to see how these programs are working so that we can better readjust down the road as well if we need to and make sure that safety is a top priority within the industry. And, you know, we've worked with a lot of great groups that do put safety first. Um, we work with SWANA and SWANA helped us uh, during, was one of the members of our national consensus committee, David Meter, Biederman uh, himself was present during those meetings and helped us in the um, balloting stages of SWEEP. And so again, we've really been trying to work with a lot of different organizations who do have a very heavy focus on that. I think one of my favorite or one of my favorite, yeah, committee members uh, is Sarah Bolton, who works at Blue Ridge Services. And her whole background is on safety trainings and education with safety and the amount of just input and great expertise that she's been able to provide to Sweep during the build out. Uh, you know, is invaluable. And we're so lucky to have such a diverse group working and constructing sweep throughout the years. So I can just circle uh, back. In a nutshell, you're oh. saying tracking and monitoring uh, points, you get uh, policy points, you get safety points, you get diversion points, uh, you have some fleet points. Yep, for uh, fleet efficiency. And then we also look at um, you know, fuel usage in terms of on-site equipment that's used possibly at a transfer station or at a material recovery facility. So we are looking at all kind of machinery throughout this. Um, and so that's where we pay attention in terms of the environmental standards heavily. And then when we get to the material recovery facilities and the uh, landfills and waste to energy facilities, let me start off by putting a disclaimer that sweep does not give any points for the actual landfilling of waste. We do not incentivize that in any way. We simply give points for best practices being carried out at existing landfills right now. Um, that's very important because Sweep is working towards a zero waste society, and we do not look to incentivize any disposal or increased uh, landfilling at this stage. Um, but just to go off of that is those facilities what we are focusing heavily there is on good neighbor practices. We're focusing on uh, safety and education, but then also opening up facilities for tours, understanding how it's going on, creating education programs for youth to better understand how the system works as a whole. Um, but again, it's about being a good steward to the environment and being a strong member of the community, which a lot of these waste management companies really pride themselves on is, oh, we're, we, you know, we're making this community that much better based on our services. And what we're able to do is verify that, back it up, and ensure that they are doing what they're saying. So what about uh, waste prevention and reuse? Are there any points available, I guess, for municipalities that have policies encouraging? Uh, Absolutely. So we have credits, and this is in the waste generation and prevention section of the SWEEP standard. Um, but those uh, kind of coupled in with those education programs. But on top of it, it's giving access to reuse programs as well, setting those up, setting up drives, uh, making people aware. But then it's also 
putting emphasis on procurement policies and making sure that there are um, levers in place that will essentially incentivize the use of you know these reuse programs and reduction and all of that. So that is where the the standard tracks essentially. Interesting. So one of the things that uh, my other company, Sudbusters, is working on uh, through a grant with Cal Recycle, uh, the reuse grant, is working with uh, Wastebusters to create a uh, study and design and implement it to get some conversion factors for uh, reusable food service ware and how much uh, waste is avoided and, and the, current, the emissions associated with that waste avoidance. Uh, do you have anything on, on reuse or how would that kind of program uh, fit in? So in terms of reuse, we try to incentivize it through policy in terms of, um, you know, as I was these reuse different workshops and programs that will incentivize more of it. Yeah, sure. So um, how do reuse programs and uh, the quantification of the waste avoidance of reuse through food service wear uh, or reusable food service wear programs uh, come in? And like, how would that fit in? Also, um, how do you uh, or do you associate any kind of greenhouse gas reduction benefit with uh, waste avoidance and reuse? Or how, do, how would you approach that? Yes. So the long story short here is I guess I would say yes and no to this question. We do have certain aspects within Sweep that touch on this, but we do not have such a quanti quantifiable aspect in terms of getting down to minute details, I guess, in terms of the overall impact of these programs around it. We do focus on food waste and food waste reduction in terms of the emissions that are accounted for by being removed from landfills. Uh, and we do definitely pay attention to that. Um, but otherwise, it is something that we could probably build out further within sweeps uh, requirements. So to do that, do you use like the warm model through the EPA to get your emissions reduction numbers? Um, we incentivize the use of the WARM model and is one of the um, requirements set forth within uh, one of our credits. Uh, but we also go further than that as well, which we uh, incentivize the use of the MEBCALC model, which was um, it's basically just a more in-depth version of WARM that breaks it out by uh, greenhouse gas and the overall um, emissions associated for each individual one. It's just a more in-depth version of WARM, essentially, and that's one of those um, programs that Sweep is able to identify, and we reward the usage of this program because, yes, you need to pay a little for this program to get access to it, but we understand that it's going to give you much more in-depth details in terms of tracking the emissions associated with certain waste streams and materials. Very cool. I haven't heard of that one yet. We are hopefully going to be doing a webinar with them in the near future um, to definitely spread the word. But we actually were given and was made aware of them during one of our balloting processes when a environmental justice lawyer named Mike Ewall came to our attention who brought very good um, claims. And so he was really incentivizing the use of this new calculator that was being developed. We looked into it. We understood its purpose. And because of his comments on why he thought it should be in the standard, it was placed into the standard. And that shows kind of how malleable sweep is and that committee and just overall participation helps us make sure that we can uh, 
um, mitigate any issues down the road and provide better, more in-depth data. And funny that you said the alternative daily cover portion as well before, um, but he was a big proponent, that environmental justice lawyer, on making sure that we prohibit the use of ash or sewage sludge as alternative daily cover in landfills just based on the very poor suppression techniques that are used when those are implemented and then the overall impacts that if there is blow off of that ash, what it can have on neighboring communities. Um, so environmental justice and safety of the environment as a whole is a very top priority at Sweep. Good to hear. Uh, so this just brings up the question then if, um, you know, some communities or, or your uh, participants are using warm, other use, others are using the MedCalc method, um, you might have different emissions reductions numbers uh, for the same, uh, you know, material diversion strategies. And, uh, you know, I know there's been some criticism of the warm model not fully accounting for the benefits of compost and organics recycling. Uh, would, would people potentially get better emissions numbers if they used? Uh, so as of right now, we are providing like basically 2x points for using this MebCalc model. And we clearly see that that is the more prominent model that we would like to be used going forward. And that's the only way that we can essentially get the market to change to that is to slowly incentivize it. And this is our way of saying, yeah, maybe it's going to cost a little bit extra, but you're going to get this much better data. And we do, if we are doing baselines, we understand to compare those using um, MebCalc versus WARM on different levels when working, looking at that specific data. So if we were pulling it to the bigger pool here, um, we'd only be focusing on warm for one section and then the MedCalc users for the other. And then based on the discrepancies between the two as well, we can better adjust and make sure that we're figuring out any issues along the way. Nice. I could see that being tremendously valuable to both of those uh, calculators or the people behind them in, in terms of refining their, their models. Exactly. And it hopefully will encourage the local governments to do that one extra step and, you know, be able to have much more succinct data than just kind of the basic overview provided by WARM. Very cool. Well, I feel like I learned a lot about Sweep and uh, have a lot of uh, interest in learning more. But as this podcast only has a few more minutes here in our uh, time allotment, I want to ask you to um, a personal question. What was your first trash memory? Sam, would you like to go first? Or? Uh, I'm thinking my first trash memory. I can go for right now. And I guess my first trash memory overall is that I grew up in a household where my mom cared a lot about recycling, almost so that it pushed me away from recycling. Um, where everything had to be sorted, everything had to be cleaned, properly placed in the right bins, you know, was one of the early adopters of composting in a New York City apartment, which is a crazy concept. It's getting better, but at the time it was a whole hassle. Um, so that really, you know, reinforced the need for things to be categorized properly. There needs to be education around it because everybody's always so confused about where things go, what is done with them. And once they're out the door, everybody forgets about them. But I am someone who does want to know a little bit more and where does it go? And then I was mom, my junior year of high school, I went to Kodiak, Alaska, and I did remote beach cleanup out in Kodiak, Alaska. Um, and we were in an island that was probably a hundred miles, uh, 50 miles away from the nearest city. 
And there was so much plastic debris and waste on those beaches, and they were absolutely uninhabited. There is no civilization anywhere near there. And just to understand that, you know, we can impact places that had no part of creating what we did uh, really stuck with me. And so being able to shape the industry and provide better data to make sure that items are going where they should, that we're creating secondary markets for those items, I want to ensure that, you know, that's what occurs and that there's not so much of a harbor for plastic to be in the ocean and washing up on beaches and that we're actually using it, but then making money off of using it and creating economic markets in doing so. Yeah, I think my first memory, and I can't you know, pinpoint the age it was, but I think the first time that trash in general came on my radar was passing what I didn't know at the time, these large mountains of grass, uh, you know, which turned out to be landfills. Um, I had no idea what they were. They're fenced off areas. It seemed like they were, you know, very private. Something was going on behind these fences and then learning that it was actually a mountain of trash underneath. Um, I think that broke open and like, you know, opened my eyes to just how much waste, um, is out there. And, and, you know, I think waste in general is kind of a, um, you know, a set it or forget it. It's it's an out of mind, um, you know, out of sight, out of mind type of uh, topic uh, where people don't really want to engage with it. They don't want to think about it. Uh, they want to just throw things in the trash. Uh, and then once they put it on their curbside, you know, that's the end of, of them thinking about what happens to it. Um, and I think, yeah, so I would say that's probably the first time it came on my radar. And then um, didn't really learn about the, the impacts it can have environmentally until much later. But um, I think that was my first experience. Yeah, it's always so funny seeing landfills now because uh, I used to just ignore them or, or not even see them or understand what that was. But now, you know, driving down the five or something and you see that pyramid shaped uh, hill with the big fence around it. Um, I always point it out to my passengers and say, oh, look, look at that landfill, you know, and like, that's a landfill how do you know so uh funny stuff uh once you start seeing them they're everywhere and epa has admitted they're all gonna leak one day so stop right stuff yeah in there. yeah i mean they're so incredibly detrimental for air land and water um and, and you know and most and a lot of these uh facilities these incinerators and landfills in in general are like will said uh in terms of environmental justice are situated near low income communities of color. And that's not for, um, you know, it's, it's not by accident. Um, so that's why we really incentivize these good neighbor practices and alternative covers for these things, uh, you know, not using coal ash, um, you know, they are just terrible for the environment. It, you know, everything from emitting, you know, methane, which has such a higher global warming potential in, in carbon dioxide, but also, you know, leachate, that, that goes into the ground and the water system um, that affects, uh, you know, just normal uh, basic needs for, for humans, whether that's air or water. All right. Yeah, I hear you. So in the last few minutes here, uh, give you one more chance to drop any links or plugs. We can also put that in the show description. Yeah. I want you to take a few minutes for that. And, and uh, thanks again, guys, for participating. This has been great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. And I think, you know, just based off of the last question that you asked in terms of a trash memory, um, 
it wasn't until I got into this industry that I understood how much it incorporated and encompassed um, going to a trade show in Las Vegas to Waste Expo and seeing that there can easily be 500 booths of people in different aspects all throughout the industry. And that it's not just waste. We're dealing with blockchain these days. We're dealing with AI. We're dealing with the same routing technologies used by Uber and Lyft and you know these prominent ride-sharing companies. Um, just to see how it's all integrated under materials management is what people need to be more aware of, in my opinion, uh, at the earlier stages. And that it is waste is just waste when you're kind of younger, but understanding the field and getting deeper into it, you see, A, all the aspects that can help the field and really revolutionize it, and that we're at the cutting edge of that, and that we are really just you know moving forward. There's been further emphasis and importance drawn to recycling infrastructure. I think understanding that um, I believe it's Pratt's paper mills run predominantly on recycled content that we are building in recycling into the supply chain. And that's what leads to great opportunities. And as once we can see it as an asset and create economic markets for it to thrive, it can be an absolute asset to the United States as a whole. And, you know, that's what really excites me about the industry right now. And what I think Sweep is doing fantastically is trying to pinpoint all those aspects and getting everybody working towards a common goal that not only is going to better the efficiency of your company, better the efficiency and data of your local government, but it's going to help the communities that it works in as well. And that's ideally the larger goal of all of this is that we're making communities stronger, better, and more environmentally friendly. Nice. Yeah. I like to say you're not recycling unless you're buying recycled or using recycled content. Exactly. And so right. I would so like any, to pitch. Uh, any more? Yeah, I guess you're about to say it, but uh, you want to pitch anything else? Yes. Or so there are three opportunities in how to get directly involved with Sweep at this stage. Sweep offers a range of memberships for local governments, counties, uh, universities, nonprofits, industry partners. And when we say industry partners, we're talking transfer stations, solid uh, collection fleets, uh, material recovery facilities, landfills, and transfer stations. And so what membership gets you in Sweep is it gets you up to three spots on our various committees, which I was describing earlier in the podcast, which really allows for your local government or company to get a direct impact and a direct say into this very overarching revolutionary standard that's on its, you know, up and up. And so being able to be involved with committees gives you access to our great network that they're already formulating. It's great networking possibilities. We discuss best ideas. We try to stay on the cutting edge of innovation, making sure that we are aware of all things going on within the waste management industry so that we can best address them. And so membership comes with a webinar as well with Sweep. We want to promote and identify and reward our members. And so therefore, webinars have been an excellent opportunity to expose either a case study, a program, a project, something that a industry partner or a local government is particularly proud of, because this is a great platform to show what is being used, how is it working, and why do they want it to be used? And then how does Sweep really build that into what our overarching goal is? So that is what membership gets you. The committees, as I was saying, there's four perform five performance category committees. The one's focusing on policy, one focusing on waste characterization studies and education programs, one focusing on hauling, one focusing on material recovery facilities and composting, 
And then finally, one focused on landfills and waste to energy facilities. Uh, so directly in those committees, you help us come up with common sets of definitions, practices, uh, and calculators that can be used throughout the United States when people seek to certify to sweep. And then finally, we are open for pilot memberships right now. Uh, and if you are interested in a pilot membership, I'm happy to discuss with anyone at further length through a meeting. And they can reach us at will, W-I-L-L dot Zurier, Z-U-R-I-E-R, at sweepstandard.org. And we look forward to fielding any requests. There's a lot that goes into the sweep standard, but have no fear. We have been working on it for quite a long time and can hopefully and ideally answer all and any questions you may have. Yeah, and I would just add to that, um, you know, check us out on LinkedIn. That's where we do most of our promotion uh, for our committee members, but also ourselves uh, of webinars coming up. And also all of our webinars that we've done so far are for free on our YouTube page. Um, just type sweep standard into YouTube and they'll all pop up. You know, we have uh, topics ranging from, uh, like Will mentioned before, safety and training for sanitation workers, uh, all the way to, you know, the importance of EPR uh, as such a hot topic today, among many other uh, very important topics in waste management. Great. I love it, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today and for helping make uh, Zero Waste the standard. Absolutely. Much appreciated, Thanks so Michael. much for having us. All right. Well, have a great one and uh, we'll talk again soon. Take care. Awesome. Bye Thanks. Now.